Hello everybody, Mariner here and welcome to Net That Hall. It's game week three and today, uh, which for just for timestamp purposes, it's Thursday, I think. Uh, yes, Thursday morning in Singapore and uh, today I'm joined Wednesday afternoon in Phoenix, Arizona by FPL Lens, aka Gabe. How are you doing, my friend? Hi, Mr. Mariner. I'm doing doing pretty well. I'm um, excited that we've doubled our knowledge in, here in FPL after the second game week and um, lots of questions flying around. There are. There are. Not least some disagreements between us two as well. But there we mm. go. We'll call on to that a little bit later. It might be a bit interesting. But anyway, um, let's just go through the usual bits and bobs. So uh, who are we? Well, we're net that hole. Uh, we would obviously, if you like what you see, please do uh, give us a like, uh, hit subscribe and hit the bell as well for notifications. Uh, comment below anything, get, in, get involved in the chat as well. Um, there's changes afoot within that, that hall to let you know. We're trying to hit that algo. You know what it's like with YouTube, Gabe. If we don't hit the algo, you don't grow. Um, so we're trying a new week of content. You've, and So let us know how you think to that as well. Um, Nima's done his transfer trends, supposed to be 10 minutes, was 23, says it all. Um, talks too much, that lad. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to pack my content into one minute, which, believe me, is bloody hard. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I love how Nima introduces the videos, like, you know, it's going to be no longer than 10 minutes, and people already know it's 20 minutes. It's yeah, like 23 minutes long. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. It made me laugh a lot. And and you're going to have a go at some shorts as well. I'm not talking about wearing them. You're on, you're going to you're going to start with some shorts and some VODs as well with respect to your net XG and your predictions. Um, I understand. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give those a shot. Maybe this afternoon. Maybe a few tomorrow. Grand. Super job. Um, what else have we got to tell you? Well, of course, you can also pick this up as a pod, um, Spotify, Apple. If you do happen to find somewhere where you can leave a five-star review, please do. It helps the show. Um, we're also on TikTok, whatever that is. Um, so I've been messing around with that. Uh, you know, please come along and follow the TikTok channel. You know, you've got a dinosaur looking after it right now in me. So God help us how bad it's going to be compared to some of these young punks who are out there doing TikTok. I've been looking some of it. I'm not doing some of the shit that they do on TikTok, right? No way. Mariner, you're, you're, you're one of those punks. <laughs> you become one of those punks now. <laughs> oh my goodness. And of course I'm trying to resurrect the Instagram as well. So, but that's easy. Cause all I do is share it straight from TikTok to Instagram. <laughs> Work that one out. <laughs> that's really easy. So yeah, uh, please, you know, net that whole trying to grow if, um, you know, and if you've got a particular skill set out there, you know, and you want to help us, please give us a shout. If you are fantastic at TikTok and want to get involved, Give me a send me a message because I would love to hear from you. Um, same with Instagram because you know we can only do so much in the working week and also, of course, do net that whole. Gabe, uh, let's move on to the mini league. Uh, in fact, not the mini league. Before we do the mini league, let's let's talk. Let's give the haulers a shout out. Um, so yeah, um, if you would like to join the the merry band of haulers, who which I'll put onto the screen right now, um, then. Uh, we will look, we would love to have you come and see us in the discord chat. Um, I was in the voice chat for about an hour last night, having a really nice chat with uh, dread and blonde and a few others. Um, mm -hmm. it's great fun. I, I really enjoy it. And, uh, it's much easier to get a question answered nowadays in discord than it is anywhere else. 
during the week. So if you want, if you've got something you want to ask us, please do come into the Discord and, and give us a shout. Gabe, uh, let's shout the super haulers and then the haulers out. Okay, our super haulers is uh, they are William Frick, Daddy Bot, Greenback Golf, Sarah Gatsby, and FPL Robbie. Thank you for being super. And the haulers right next to them are let's see how my eyesight is. FPL DG Boy 88, Lindsay O, Tavindra Raj, FPL Casuals, Tom Gorsuch, Tersex, Stuart Fletcher, Kieran Turner, Mr. Twister 242, Blonde, S. Scotters M, Firetog, FPL underscore, uh, FPL Teacher, FPL underscore Rubber Ducky, Oscar Arias, Doni FPL, FPL underscore Mike Calvin, Sean Burke, Jack Daglish, Neha Kulkami, Podna FPL Craig and Dread FPL. Thank you guys so much. It um guys and girls so much. It's uh it really helps. You have no idea how how, how much it helps. And and honestly, it's it's really nice getting to know everybody, like you said, in the Discord. I really enjoy it. I have to yeah. say I had a lovely chat. We were chatting about all sorts last night. It wasn't just FPL. Um, you know, um there's quite a lot of discussion about how FPL makes you feel. You know, things mm, like that. Interesting. You know. You know, I was talking you know, about how, I was talking about you know how can it possibly make me feel worse than work does? <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get to the philosophy of the week, man, or maybe the philosophy can answer that question. Oh, there today. we go. Yeah. Well, before we get to the philosophy, should we say hello to a few people as well? Yes. Uh, so we've got Nipper Chan in the chat. We've got Kevin here as well, although I think he's probably sleeping. He tends to be at this time of night. Ramanthan is in as well. Williams here, uh, one of the haulers. Hi, William. Nick Khan. Hi, Favindra Raj, another hauler. Hi, mate. Uh, Yazni. Yazi. Yanzi. Yanzi. Same time zone as me, apparently. Good for you, mate. Good, good that somebody else has got up. L. Ron <laughs> Cupboard. Never heard of that. Well, that's a strange name. Um, who else have we got? Steve's here. Kieran's here. Hello, son. How are you doing? FPL Mike Halpin is here as usual. Uh, Turks is one of our hollers as well. And uh, Connor Hunt uh, as well, a, uh, who's just appeared in the Discord chat, actually, this uh, mm. overnight, I noticed. Excellent. So hello, Connor. How are you doing? Hello, mate. Hello. Gabe, I think it's time that we got into the... Um, philosophy i think so i think we'll do the mini league first oh, oh, oh crikey sorry mini league oh yes i mini forgot league. that why do i think we've done the mini league i'm losing my mind it's all right <laughs> though. Uh, maybe you just have, have through this mini league then you haven't found your mind yet because it's so early um that's so, true well, let's get here's, here's the uh the top 10 in the mini league um we'll, we'll go through them quite quickly here um fpl alta uh where's wally and Rafi Rangers are in three-way tie. Um, then above them, we have FPL Noob, who captained De Bruyne and had 96 points this game week, which was excellent. Well done there. Pranay Nandakumar. Sorry. Um, then uh, we, after, right, right above them, we have Finpanoe Feta. That's the team name, by the way. Uh, but that's the team name. Finpanoe I mean, thank God that's you and not me. And- <laughs> <laughs> that would be a disaster, I'm, wouldn't it? I'm I'm understanding why I I'm the one reading these today. I completely understand. We have uh, show. Uh, they're in a tie with Show Me Damane, Average Bob's, um, and Center of Excellence. Uh, they're all on the 163 points, and they all captained Holland this past game week. 
In second place is um, Fox River. This is Brad Curry, who I think he was top 10 or top 5 in the mini league last year, or top 10 in, in the end, if I, by the end of the season, right? Um, he's used some chips, so he's up in second place with 164 points. And just edging by him is Sleep, Sleep and Jimmy's Peter Scullion, who captained De Bruyne this game week and he, to the tune of 83 points and first place of our mini league. Uh, so first place is 12.7K. It's, it's the overall rank. Not that that means anything at this point, but um, basically that's that's an excellent rank. Um, for any time of the season, but especially right at the beginning. Nice to get that it, jump. It's a super rank, and and kudos to him for captaining KDB. We did say mm. on Net That All last week that KDB was an excellent captaincy shout. Not mm -hmm. many people went there. I couldn't, just physically couldn't get there. Um, he was a great captaincy shout. Good to see Brad there again. Um, yeah. it, it made me laugh, though, because he did send me a message, and he said, oh, Chris, I'm in second place in the middle league. I said, that's nice. He said, It'll all go to shit later, he said, <laughs> like last year. <laughs> <laughs> Always starts off like a train and then goes wrong later. It's not going to this year, Brad. And uh, congratulations on your cricket, by the way. So there we go. I've heard the little rumour that a certain someone's been uh, managed to play at Lords. So congratulations, Brad. Hmm. That a fabulous achievement for you. And a fiver. So there we go. There's a little cricket. There's something for your cricketers. Um, all right, Gabe. I have no, I have no idea what language you're speaking right now. Ah, uh, well, I don't know well, what's going Indian on. Friends will know. So there we they go. Uh, yeah, none of you. You have a strange, strange ball games in in the states, don't you? Really? I, I playing with odd shaped balls. That's true. They play. I think that it's hand egg is the name of that game. Um, <laughs> Because it's the shape of an egg and you hold it in your hand. So, <laughs> so it's not football. Um, oh, thank you, Penguin, for the, becoming Penguin a member. just joined and we love Penguin. We always go on his shows, don't we? So uh, thank you very much, mate. If you did Calvin, the same, and, I would And he's on that. our team. And yeah, he's on the Nettle that whole team. And we won. And we and won. We won right? the first matchup. In yep. strikers, we keepers, losers, weepers, whatever that That's is. That's right. We are... Even Whatever Mark that is, Sutton's, we're the strikers keepers. Even Mark Sutton finally realized he was part of our team. Amazing. Our MVP. We finally yes. realized that he was actually <laughs> part of a team. Yep. We're going to call him the mummy. <laughs> Coming back from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Philosophy. We're going to get into so much trouble today. I've just okay. <laughs> right. Let's go. Philosophy of the week. Okay. Here we go. The philosophy of the week for Game Week 3 comes to us from Umberto Eco, an Italian philosopher and novelist. He wrote In the Name of the Rose. They made a movie of it, I think, in the late 80s. is Christian Slater and um, Sean Connery. Actually, kind of interesting movie. So um, Umberto Eco says, I have come to believe that the whole world is an enigma, a harmless enigma that is made terrible by our own mad attempts to interpret it as though it had an underlying truth. So I'm going to peel this one apart for you, Mariner, because I can see I think you need smoke to, I'll tell you what, it's just far too many words for six o'clock in the morning, let alone <laughs> that's, meanings. That, that's, that's fair. I'll, I'll, I'll repeat the, the quote one more time, and then I'll get into kind of like why I selected it this weekend. Is I have come to believe that the whole world is an enigma, a harmless enigma that is made terrible by our own mad attempt to interpret it as though it had an underlying truth. And so this is an accurate description of FPL as well. You know, like results won't, of course, always match the analysis um, and, and, those, and 
like that we make or that you know we tell each other that we tell ourselves right and those experiences make us they they, they feel terrible to us what like as though we have missed some underlying truth when the results do not match that analysis so this is all like FPL, like life, like everything is all just like this harmless puzzle for which we are looking for different ways to describe. Our descriptions of the puzzle are not true any more than a, and any language can be true. They are just that. They are just descriptions. And they are don't, not to be confused also with reality itself. Right. Okay. Oh, God, this is so deep for the moment. <laughs> so Look, the world is an enigma. Well... <laughs> I think a few players who were enigmas, let alone the world. Um, I can think of some well, managers that are enigmas. Definitely not players like Riyad Mahrez, right? But thank God he blanked. I'll tell you what, that the computer would have flown out the window. Uh, but look, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you an enigma for me about FPL. A terrible enigma, not a harmless enigma. Hmm. Pep Guardiola. Phil Foden being taken off at half-time, mate. Come on, get a bloody grip, Pep. I was laughing all the way to the bank and then, yes, and then the TV nearly flew out the window again. <laughs> Should have passed the ball. But I think that might be a reason why we could have won strikers, keepers, losers, weepers this week. Phil Foden, mm. there we go. I think that helped mm -hmm. towards it anyway. Um, all right, mate. Well, good. Um, it's always nice to see the, the philosophy. We do like it. But we've got to dive into the matchups, haven't we? Mm. Because we're going to look at all these matchups again, uh, as we as we were doing, uh, with a little bit. You know, we'll look at each game. Some will do a bit more than others, um, but you know, context of FPL lens and his his eye test and his statistics. So, based as a coach, which you are, Gabe, I am. Unlike yeah. someone like me, who basically just looks at numbers. <laughs> doesn't watch a lot of football. Oh. Um. <laughs> Well, one thing I am not is a graphic designer, so um, I'm getting feedback on the design of, of these matchup reports, and I'm getting some help with them. So bear with me while I figure out a more kind of like a palatable way um, for these to be digested and presented and all of that. Yes, yeah, you do suffer a bit with design. I do. <laughs> I do. <Fair>. Anyway, <laughs> 14 minutes, fifty. Three for the timestamp. We will go Spurs versus Wolves. Spurs versus Wolves. So again, these are like we're we're starting to get some stats now. We have two data points. We have a home a home game and an away game. And but I, I would treat all of the stats as a an initial indication of form, and that's it as far as this season stats for now. I think that we're just looking like what patterns are going to pop up. So these are just like places to look where things could pop up and not necessarily any conclusions about anything that's actually going on. If if I could give that caveat to begin with, there, there will be a lot of stats and, and we can't rely too heavily on them, in my opinion, this early in the season. All right. Um, so from a from a chances perspective, this is like chances created, chances uh, conceded and all of that. Um, Spurs, they, their chances created from the left, right, and center is 3, 10, and 10. So that the lack of chances, I think, from the left-hand side is hurting Sun, and I think Sun's form has something to do with that. But pay attention to that because I don't expect that to remain the same. If anything, this this should actually even out by the end of the season given Kulusevsky's role and his growing influence. So if this evens out by the season, I expect things to kind of tilt back towards Sun at some point. 
but I'm not ready to say exactly when that is. Um, Spur uh, Wolves are susceptible down the flanks a little bit, so it could be it could be in this upcoming match. Wolves, um, 0 for 3 big chances. We've been here before. Last season, uh, they, they had a ton of chances. Adama Traore um, with all those chances. And this season, it's been Pedro Neto, and Pedro Neto has not been able to put it away. Um, uh, regarding the shots, uh, just, just on Spurs here, they have the most shots on target this season with 13, and the second most shots in the six. That's the SIX there. That's shots in the six. Um, with five shots in the six compared to 13 shots on target. So that's... Those are some nice numbers there from Spurs' perspective, and the the shots correlate to the net xG number. Well, I'll get which I'll get to momentarily, but the the percentages there is based on a shots model, so that's why those are important. Um, expected stats, they outperform their expected goals on penalty as usual, right? Uh, plus three point four two. There's there's second for that. The most is Manchester City, which is over four, which is something ridiculous in terms of their their finishing. Um, but their expected goals on target delta is plus 0.2, uh, 2.84. And so if you think of this, this is like um, the higher this number is. So this is goals minus um, expected goals on target. So that's that's like the quality of the shot. So they've scored plus 2.84 more goals than the quality of the shot would dictate. And that that could be that could be. It's, that's not good finishing because good could finishing be. would have a higher XGOT. Could be it, shit goalkeeping. Could be shit goalkeeping. Shit goalkeeping, exactly. So they we'll come maybe on to have... that. We'll come on to that when we talk about Brentford then. Right. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> um really quick here. Uh the Wolves second worst expected um uh, ex the second uh XG non-penalty uh underperformer. They're minus 1.73. Um so they should have scored more than they have. Again, they're just not not finishing. Um, and moving down to the, to the net XG, we have basically double for Spurs over Wolves, 1.41 compared to 0.77. And, um, you know, we, we see Spurs a decent chance of actually three goals, 12% is, is a decent chance there. More, more higher likelihood of two goals than, than zero goals. So I would tend it, I would kind of tilt it the graph that way and probably predict about two goals for Spurs um, with a 29.8% chance of a clean sheet. Yeah. They don't worry me as much this week as they do in as they have in previous weeks. I've got to be honest. Spurs, mm -hmm. game week one, I'm scared to death. Um, and hence the reason for that stupid mistake, actually, um, of going Kane and then moving to Haaland because it's made my game week a lot more complicated this week So I've only got one transfer instead of two. Um, them's the break. One one but, thing I want to say about Spurs and and like their you know in terms of how good can Kane be and and what they're going to do with Richarlison and stuff like that moving forward and this this actually relates um, also to the way Villa play whether they're going to play two two up front or three up front so Spurs went with with the one with the kind of one up top it was like a three four two one one against the back three and you can't play one against the back three. There's too much cover there and there's too much space for the other, for the other center backs to, to cover any like kind of a runs from deep. So against the back three, you have to play a front two. And then once Richarlison came, came in the game, that kind of changed the game. And, and it was Richarlison up front. And I, I could see, I could see like it being Richarlison and Son up front and Kulusevsky drops with, with Kane in the 10, it, like that, however that plays out, I think is going to be really interesting. So just keep an eye out for that. Yeah. As I say, we'll know more next week. Um, okay. Right. Let's keep going. Um, so the next one is Palace against Villa. 
Palace against Villa. I, I, you know, one thing I'll say about Palace is they've had two extremely difficult fixtures. I think they're about to blow up a little bit. So, um, so I'm, I'm I'm quite bullish on on Palace. They've only scored one of six big chances, which is a concern. They 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 need to do better with with their finishing, but they've also faced tough opposition, so it could have something to do with that. For example, facing um, good goalkeepers or, or defenders that like um, that would block shots and and so on. So um, four chances conceded from the right is a function of their first two fixtures. So um, do not, I would say, in terms of Palace, they may it may look like they have a weakness on the right side from in the zonals, um, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be fooled. By that, because they've faced um, who they've faced on the Liverpool. right side, uh, yeah, Liverpool and Arsenal, right? So they've had uh, Martin. Um, sorry, for, it would be from from their from their left side. So it would be mm-hmm. Salah and uh, and like Saka kind of yeah. area. So uh, that was my mistake there, putting right side. Uh, for Villa, uh, chances conceded only two big chances, but conceded three goals versus easy opposition. So Villa's have obviously it's they're kind of the opposite of Palace. They've had two really easy fixtures, um, and they've conceded more goals than than they have big chances, which, which I thought was interesting. Um, from a shots perspective, Palace only have five shots on target. Actually, from like all of their, their attacking stats, and, I, and I'll sum this up, like their attacking stats from a shots perspective and attacking stats from the expected stats perspective, they're about the same. Palace and Villa have really, really similar stats across the board from in these two areas, but Palace has faced Arsenal and Liverpool, and Villa have faced Bournemouth and Everton. So um, so I think we're going to... I think this game is going to not be as close as NetXG indicates here. So NetXG, NetXG really likes a 1-1 here. It's quite strong in the percentages as well. Um, I, I don't see that at all. I, I think Palace win this game. Like they could win it three-one, and I'll update everyone obviously in Discord. In um, whoops, in Discord uh, for those of you in Discord, I do up, update all the predictions, and I and I give the context with all the all the NetXG predictions. So go to that that NetXG channel and uh, and get updates there. But I really like a um, a Palace win there. I, I think I went forward two slides. I'm sorry. There we go. Okay, right. Okay, so Palace Villa. Um, let's keep going then. Um, if anyone's got any questions or any general comments in the chat, then you know, please drop them in. I've, I've started a couple of chats about Spurs. We'll bring those up a little bit later as just general yeah. comments. But yeah, if you've got any chats, um, please let us know. Um, all right, so the next one should be Everton against Forest. Yeah, really quickly, um, before I get to Everson Forest, because this one I'll, I'll fly through. Don't worry, I won't spend too much time here. But before I lose you with Everton Forest, um, I'd just like to ask, we have 34 people watching. We have about 13 likes. Please do smash that like for us. It gets us known. It gets us heard. It gets makes us popular. And like popularity is a success, I guess, according to the, algor- the algorithm. So make the algorithm happy. Um, I'll make you happy by going super fast through Everton Forest. Um <laughs> Chances, they don't score chances, they don't create chances, they concede a lot of chances. Um, shots, um, <laughs> Everton, have, <laughs> Everton have 18 shots in the box and zero shots in the six. That's quite a feat. Um, they're not getting any penetration. Um, Forest, uh, they have the most shots in the box conceded, 26, and the most shots on target conceded, 13. So uh, they concede a lot of those. Um, expected stats are not good. Um, the expected goals non-penalty is 2.26. A 
for Everton, but the expected goals on target. So this is like how good their shots are is 1.1. So that's quite a drop from, from the chance that they create. Not only do they not create many chances, but then they don't do anything with the chances, the few chances they do create. Um, and then on the, on the, on the, on the like <laughs> sounds like a bit of a Sanchezism about Brighton's goalkeeping. <laughs> it's, it's a little Sanchezism, a little bit. Um, um, XG non penalty for Forest is 1.64. They're the opposite, their expected goals on target is 2.81. So, from the chances from almost no chances to um 2.81 XGOT, and I'm not really sure how that works. Uh, yeah, Dell has gone to Bashiktas, not that. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm glad he went somewhere. Um, but uh, um, let's see. So NetXG, just really quickly here. So Everton favors a shootout, and Forrest may want to keep it cagey. And the reason I say that is that if we look at the percentages, so um, Forrest have they have a roughly equal percent of one goal. Um, Forrest has a higher percentage of zero goals, so they're going to want to keep. Everton to that zero goals as well. Everton have a higher percentage of two goals, so they're going to want to kind of push the game and try to push for more goals and open it up. Um, I, th I think that's how, if, if we're reading NetXG, how that can kind of like talk, NetXG can inform tactics in that way. Um, so if I were Frank Lampard, I would be Frank Lampard, so I wouldn't know, ex I, I would have no clue what to do with my tactics. But if I were myself in Frank Lampard's shoes, I would I would try to go for the shootout here. Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, uh, I could be in a situation where I've got to decide whether I start Neko Williams this week. Um, and my initial thoughts are that Forrest might be a very much home-orientated team to go with. Mm. Admitting it's very early doors. It's Goodison Park. You know, as bad as Everton are, it's Goodison Park. You know? And we know what happened when the back's against the wall at Goodison Park. Admitting the back's not against the wall just yet. I don't think it'll be long before it is this season. They don't look very good at all. And they've got serious problems, haven't they? They've got no... The, Calvert-Lewin's out for a few more weeks. Um, the moment Gordon and that prick Gray playing up front, right? Pretty much. Yeah. They, they have a prick up front. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they have a prick that's leading the line. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been a few people talking about uh, Gordon, for example, as as an option. Um, Everton aren't for me. They just don't show no. enough at this moment just in time. Get players from good teams, I think. Okay, I'll remember. I'll remind <laughs> you about that one later. Right, okay. Should, should okay. we keep going? <laughs> okay. okay, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Fulham against Brentford, Gabe. Okay, Fulham-Brentford. Um, Fulham have conceded six big chances in two matches. Brentford have scored three of three of four big chances and only conceded one big chance. So the the battle of big chances favors favors Brentford here. Of course, skewed by the United, the United game. That's all, always a caveat. Um, from a shots perspective, Fulham have only four shots on target this season, but they have two goals from those shots on target miraculously. Um, Whereas uh, Brentford are joint 18th for shots in the box with 12. and But conversely, they're joint second for shots on target at 10, which is which is weird. They don't have many shots in the box, but they have a lot of shots on target. So, so I, just looking forward, I think Brent, 
if those stats continue, if it continues in that way, you would want to play a goalkeeper like uh, like Ramsdale, like a good goalkeeper against Brentford, because they could they could get a lot of saves. Um, on that front, well, I'll, I'll get to Arsenal later. Um, expected stats, not much to say for Fulham. They're poor. And Brentford, they have the highest expected goals on penalty delta, which is uh, basically kind of a loose indicator of form. So this is um, the goals that they've scored non-penalty minus their expected goals non-penalty. And, and it's 3.62. That that uh, Josh Da Silva... <laughs> I was going to say, surely, surely David De Gea has got something to do with this uh, number. Yes, he's a friend to, the, to Brentford. What was uh, that point zero two? The, the XG on that one? I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Two in a hundred chances. A two in a hundred yeah. chance. Um, so mm. from all from, you, all you sheep jumping on the silver. Hmm. Well, I mean, for Mariner questions that, but I question it from my position for sure. Only having one transfer doesn't work for me. It might work. Well, for here, here's what I'll say about the silver is that he's been playing the kind of the advanced kind of Ericsson role. Um, and mm. that's, that's why he's been getting returns. He's around the box. He's, I mean, he's not going to obviously is he nailed. Nope, that's no. He's not he nailed. nailed? No, How many other options are there for Brentford in midfield? Brentford have so, so many attacking At options, and, and that's what they yeah. bought Mikel Damsgaard for as well. Yeah. So I think he's going to come into that role, and then whatever happens to Da Silva, he could he could rotate in as an aide. He could rotate in with some other players, but he won't be nailed. And and especially if you bought him at four point six, I have a feeling that that's going to go down to four point five in in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Interesting, I noticed Fulham, uh, is, 50, is it 54%? I'm trying to strain my eyes. 54% of not scoring at all. Is it 54 or 54.6? Brentford with a 54.6% chance of a clean sheet. Yes. That's interesting. Really nice. I, think, I think Raya is is the best keeper to own right now. I, yeah. if, 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 I, if I were to choose, if I, if I were to start right now, if I were to wild, wild card, Raya would be my, my goalkeeper. I really like their – I like what they're doing tactically. They do – they play so many different formations, and all the players still know what's going on. Yeah. It's just a yeah. really well-run club. And, and I, I, I noticed this last night. In fact, one of the conversations we are having last night was about Brentford's defence. Hmm. Um, and uh, the conversation went along the lines of Ben Mee, goal, goal threat, Henry – Assist threat. Mm. Um, looking at this, I have I would have absolutely no problem starting a Brentford defender this week. Absolutely no problem at all. I, it looks I was like just gonna, I was just gonna say Nick Khan is doing just that. I was chatting. With I him completely earlier. agree and, uh, with him. I think it's a very very good call. If you have one, play them. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, so the next one is. Leicester against Southampton. Now, this is one I'm particularly interested in. I mm. this could be a bit of a turkey shoot for me, but anyway, that's my perspective. Yeah, the, I mean, these are they're, they're they're very difficult teams teams to figure out right now. Uh, the, these two teams. So, from a chances perspective, Leicester have are, are all for one for big chances scored, and they have the most big chances conceded with seven. So they don't create big chances. Um, they don't even have an opportunity to score them. They've only created one. Um, if you see all of their shot maps, um, there, there's a great app called 12 Football that I use sometimes. I used it in game week one for the or after game week two last week for the content. And it shows like you'll see all of Leicester's chances and they're all really small chances. 
So they're not getting any of those big chances that you would expect from like a counter-attacking side that they might get few chances, but they'll be big. Uh, they're not like that anymore. Southampton, by contrast, they're two for two for big chances scored. They don't create many, but the two that they've created, they've scored, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, from a shots perspective, Leicester have faced the most difficult shots in the division with the 4.7 expected goals on target conceded. So the quality of the shots that they've conceded have been uh, higher than any other club. But maybe that kind of goes hand in hand with the big the seven big chances conceded. If you concede a lot of big chances, you're going to concede a lot of quality shots. So, um, so that I, there's a, something seriously wrong there. Um, Southampton have zero shots in the six, but they have the joint most um, shots on target conceded, 13, and the second most shots in the box conceded, 25. They're two bad defenses, two teams that uh, just uh, from an or the way they're organized just doesn't work. Um, Gineppo's not a wing back, for example, target Southampton's uh, left-hand side um, pretty much every week. Uh, second, which means obviously Madison in, in, in this fixture would be my, my, the key pick. And I'll get to that in the tactical focus a little bit. Um, I'm going to skip the expected. If you want to, if you want to check out that out, it's, it's more to do about, it's, it's about the XGOT Delta, um, low probability shots going in for Leicester net XG. Um, so if notice this one, this net XG is really bizarre. So notice that Leicester is 1.43 Southampton's 1.03. Leicester have a higher chance of zero goals, equal chance of one goal, and a lower chance of two goals with a higher net XG value. And I checked the numbers and they're all right. You sure it's not pissed? I'm sure it's not pissed. So th this is this is actually, I was like, <laughs> last night I'm going through this and my brain's all warped. I'm getting pissed off at NetXG. And then I, then I, I looked at it. I was like, you know what? This is, this is what I like about NetXG. So the, because this is context, right? The NetXG number is high for, for Leicester because there are other metrics involved. So there's a creativity metric that deals with chances and there's an expected data metric. And those are keeping Leicester's um, kind of like numbers a little bit higher. The shots metric, because Leicester's shots have have almost no XG, it's one of the lowest XG per shot in the league. It's keeping the percentage of a goal low. Yeah, but I, I mean, look, this is where Vardy needs players like Vardy needs one chance. He needs he just needs one chance to score, and he's, I'm sure he's going to get chances against Southampton. You know, this is where I come yeah. from. Southampton, this to me, um, and we'll come on to the fixture difficulty in a bit, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek on this right now. It's the best matchup of the week hmm. on fixture difficulty. But you know how much the fixture difficulty detests Southampton right now. It really hates them. But look, let's face it. It got the 4-0 result correct. It had a plus four the other day um, hmm. with... Um, Spurs, game week one, got it right. Four, four goals. Plus four for uh, Man City against Bournemouth. Four goals. Mm -hmm. You know, not not plus four on this. I'll I'll serve you the job. It's not as not as big a matchup. But saying that, I, I think it could be easily three nil. That's where I am. Easily. I, I Lester Lester, I don't think they're getting a clean sheet here. No, maybe not clean sheet. Actually, saying that, I'll, I'll let me rewind that bit. Three one. There we go. I, I genuinely cannot see Southampton. If, if Southampton get something, you know, this is. <laughs> I'd be very surprised. Uh, I mean, you know, you only need to listen to who got the assist and Lucy, who's a big Southampton fan. Yeah. You know, she, just avoid them. 
just avoid them. There's, they don't know what they're doing yet. Um, I'm sure they might do in time to come, but no, not for me. Um, I, I agree, William. He hasn't got, he's got zero. You're absolutely right. I spotted it myself. I can't believe it. Uh, I'm shocked. Um, it's going to make an interesting conversation when we come to Captain Seabit later. <laughs> <laughs> We always we, we always say like a, a player that goes off right at the beginning of the season, and we say, "Oh, I had him! I had him in one of my drafts." Well, I have to admit, I had Vardy in one of my drafts. Thankfully, me too. <laughs> yeah, me too. But then very quickly, just along with about seventy percent of everybody else, everyone went for Jesus instead. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's. There's a question here. Let's just put this question up. Actually, whilst we're on Leicester, uh, how does um, Dewsbury Hall feature in the creative part for Leicester, Gabe? Five million asset. Uh, their fixtures are very much hit or miss or dynamite or dog poo, as I tend to call them. But um, <laughs> when it comes to uh, someone like Dewsbury Hall at five million, how does he fit into the, the overall picture for Leicester? I mean, I, I think Dewsbury Hall in a, in a matchup like this could be playing in a more advanced position, especially if um, if Vardy and Madison and them are, are pushing the line. And then he... But I think he's still a player that's developing. He's still young. He'll float in into positions at certain times, but he doesn't command that area of the field just yet. Um, so, I mean, for five million, I think he's he's probably the best five million to have right now. But I I, I wouldn't feel comfortable at that price point. I would want to get either to the five five or the four fives. I think. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I he did he had a great preseason as well, didn't he? Really good, really, really good preseason. Um, so yeah, probably a player who you know potentially is might bring his form through preseason from preseason, unlike our friend Mr. Bailey. <laughs> mm, that's right. <laughs> and, I, and I would say his most of his goals are also from outside the box, and those are those are just unreliable. Yeah, I was gonna I'll I'll have a look at Jewsbury Hall at some stage and, and see if I can put some information together. I might do a little short on him. How about that? Should we keep going? Uh, let's have a look at Bournemouth against Arsenal. Now, now here's a game that I am very interested in. And I'll tell you what, if there was ever a story about statistics that you want to just consign the whole lot to the bin, this is the game. This right? is the one. Yep. I, <laughs> you, know, you know me, statistics, Gabe, but my God, if, if you listen to this, <laughs> you, you know, and I'll tell you what, some of the statistics, some of the metrics and everything, listen to him, listen to it. Um, this is going to be an interesting five minute conversation. Go. I'll, I'll take three. So <laughs> um, I walk, so I'm coming back for two minutes on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Bournemouth have only conceded two big chances this season, uh, but they've conceded four goals. So that's not good. Um <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Next. <laughs> exactly. Um, Arsenal, they are tied for Liverpool, tied with Liverpool for the most big chances with seven. Um, and Arsenal have only conceded one chance from the right side. And and I thought that this is an interesting stat because this could be a sign or a, a function of the way they play, kind of when with their tilted formation. When Saka drops in to the to the wing back role, when when they shift from their four three three to the three five two, and and Saka drops into wing back, Martinelli goes up top with the with, Gabriel goes up top with Gabriel, and then they got the Gabriel in defense, and we got the Gabriel on Meta Hall. 
Um, but when they shift that formation, it um, I, th I think they're just covering that right side a lot more than they cover the left side. And and I think so that that's something to watch out. Our Arsenal's right side conceded um, shots. Arsenal have uh, the second most shots in the box, joint most shots in the six, and only f so. This stat is interesting because of Ramsdale. So they, they've only had uh, four shots on target conceded despite playing Liverpool and Palace. Um, not, not, sorry, not, not Liverpool. Who was it? Yeah, they played Arsenal played Palace, and then they played uh, Bournemouth. Sorry, yeah. that's it. Um, so well, that's not really good for Ramsdale. We, we think of him as a shot stopper, and that's why you, you, know, you pay the five million, million. So maybe something to consider there. He's not receiving the shots that uh he's not facing the shots that he has in the past um expected goals um bournemouth have a 0.72 expected goals non penalty but they've scored two goals so i don't expect that over performance to continue and arsenal have the best expected goals non penalty in the league uh 3.95 and the second best expected goals on target target 3.71 so right in line with their with the chance creation that those who are right in line uh city do have the best expected goals on target there um gabby's rule the world we're taking over i'm telling you <laughs> you've seen that, that the the movie there's a movie being john malkovich where john malkovich goes through this port portal that goes in the mind of john malkovich and then everybody's anyway watch it that's uh that's uh, that's what's happening with the gabriels um Let's see. And then from uh, NetXG. It was Leicester, by the way, the other team. Oh, it was Leicester, not Bournemouth. That's yeah. right, Leicester. Thank you. Uh, I'm looking at Ar Arsenal Bournemouth here. <laughs> they haven't played him yet. No. So, um, <laughs> um, NetXG actually likes um, – it's a 68.8. .8, so let's just call it a, a clean a clean 69% chance of a clean sheet for Arsenal despite the, the 1.08 number. So based on the shots that – the lack of shots that Bournemouth take, remember, only four shots on target. That's why there's such a, a high chance of, uh, of zero goals for Bournemouth there. And and if you look at Arsenal, I mean, when, when you look at higher chance of three goals than there is for one goal, um, I would bet on I would bet on that three goal. Yeah, and there's a 56% chance of two goals or more for for Arsenal, according yeah. to NetXG. So if you look at it like that, and then you consider the fact that who's involved in all those goals, all, nearly all those goals, right, and nearly all their goals this season, you know, it's not difficult to see why uh, uh, Jesus is in everybody's mind for captaincy this week. I think when we come back to captaincy a bit later, I, I think I can find a caveat for nearly every single captain option this week. Uh, it's mm. a really tough one <laughs> for me. It's super tough. I know there's some very obvious choices, but yeah, let's go to that later. But I'm very interested to see what everybody else seems to think. But yeah, um, very interesting. The the obviously big caveat with Bournemouth, of course, they didn't concede a single big chance, did they? at home against Villa. Not a single not a single big chance, right? Right. So if you looked at the fixture difficulty for Bournemouth just for that single game, it's actually as good as Liverpool and, and City. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Again, ignore 
a lot of the numbers right now. Let's keep going. Uh, Leeds against Chelsea, Gabe. Okay. Uh, Leeds, Chelsea. Um, Leeds, so far, they've heavily favored their, their left side for attack. 13 chances created compared to four on the left, compared to four from the center and four from the right. Um, Chelsea, however, have only conceded two chances from the right. So where Leeds are strong, Chelsea are stronger, I would say. So that's not a good matchup for Leeds. Bad news for Leeds right there. Um, or it could be bad news for Leeds. That's, again, only two data points there. Uh, from the shots perspective, Leeds are top third for most attacking and defending shots statistics. So like across the board, this is a team, and, and the reason I, I wrote it there like that is because we, I think, I certainly still had this, this idea that Leeds are the same Leeds as last season, and, and they're really not. They're a team in transition, and I think they are getting better. So watch, watch for Leeds in the coming weeks as they have a really nice run of fixtures. Um, Chelsea are joint third for the shots, shots in the box, 22, but they have zero shots in the six. Again, uh, that's that's a big concern. That's that's a you know Havertz is not a player to to push the line and and create penetration into um, those tight areas in the six. Um, NetXG the the number itself um, it, it looks quite quite even 1.55 for Chelsea compared to 1.24 for um, for Leeds here. Um, again, I wrote for Leeds it would suit them to open up the game and look for multiple goals. Whereas for Chelsea, they ought to try to keep it tight and and, and just just feisty. Um, try no, sorry, other way around. That that needs to be the other way around. I think that, that this is one of the last ones I wrote last night. Um, Chelsea want to open it up, right? And and Leeds should try to keep it tight. I don't think Leeds really can keep it tight, so I do expect this game to kind of like open up a little bit. I think Leeds are going to score. I, I think Leeds score in this game. They have a thirty-seven point three percent chance of one goal here, and I think that'll come to fruition. But I think Chelsea will score several. Um, even though Leeds are better defensively, um, I I like Chelsea's chance of scoring two or three goals. Um, I would the the zonal matchup is why I would wait on on a player like Aronson at five point five million. I really I really like him. I thought he could be my Bailey replacement. I've gone in a different direction, um, but my I, Aronson is on my watch list. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's a, he's a good watch this player right now. A very good point, and I think I would make another point about this as well. Um, Leeds are probably a couple of weeks away from where I would probably want to jump on um, rather than right now. And I think Aronson is probably where I will be going as well. He's right on my radar. Um, Reese James is going to come up in discussions later, um, um, particularly when we start talking about the matchups, historic matchups, not necessarily the matchups this season, mm. but historically. Um, you know, it looks like um, a very positive matchup for Reese James. Um, and, of course, we have a situation with Leeds where there's no Stuart Dallas uh, players like that. So we've got Pas he's up against Pascal Stroik. Hmm. So you see, you know, and I saw a clip of James saying, oh, there's another assist that James should have had. I mean, James is already returning very nicely. Thank you very much as an asset this year. Um I have very high hopes for him this week. Very high hopes. If you don't own James, I think you need to find a big sofa. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's just that matchup against uh, Pascal Strauch. Is, it, it, exactly what we crazy. love at Net Hall, right? We yes, love this. Yes. This is but, right up our street, isn't it? 
But one thing I will say is I, I don't expect a clean sheet for, for Chelsea in this match, and I don't expect a clean sheet for Chelsea against Leicester either. Uh, people that are doubling up on like Kukureya, I think Kukureya will provide good value at five million. He's decent value now, but uh, you know you're you're basically getting a, a center back in. He, he'll get maybe get a clean sheet against Southampton, but in, in, for one clean sheet in the next three, in my opinion. That's interesting because I'm slightly different to that. I think there could be a little bit more. I, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's not a double return, but I do take your point that Leeds are looking a different beast, particularly that this season, particularly at home as well. Um, so yeah, let's see how that let's see how that develops. Um, all right, the people's waiting, waiting for me to swear. I think I did swear right at the start, didn't I? But anyway, <laughs> you maybe missed it, Lucy. And anyway, let's carry on. Uh, next one. Uh, West Ham Brighton. Um, just another really quick like uh promotional moment here. We got 52 live live viewers, only 24 likes. Um, get those likes up. We need the love. Who, who doesn't want the love? We want the love. West Ham Brighton. Um West Ham chances joint bottom with Forrest for only one chance created from the center. Antonio that came to mind right away. Um, and I, it's going to be interesting to see how David Moyes deals with, with that, with that problem. Um, shots. Um, this is interesting. West Ham have 0.44 expected goals on target per shot on target. And that's, that's one of the best in the league, not quite the best, but so that's for, for every shot they get on target, it's um it has an uh post shot xg or expected goals on target of 0.44 which is really really good um conversely brighton have not faced difficult shots um they've faced uh 0.9 expected goals on target conceded uh so obviously they they, they played united and newcastle so um you know they didn't, they didn't get much from from them too so what's going to happen you, you have a team that when they shoot on target it's a good shot and you have another team that hasn't really faced any good shots yet. I think that'll be interesting. And West Ham could, I, th I think uh, Sanchez could be surprised in this one with some better quality finishing. Um, expected goals. West Ham have a 1.95 expected goals on penalty, but zero goals. So expect that to change and kind of revert back to the mean. Um, Brighton, by contrast, are the fourth best expected goals on penalty at 2.99. Um, again, with uh, easy opening fixtures. Um, let's see, just like NetXG, they're almost the same. They're, they're, they're kind of quite similar across the board, perhaps Brighton with a higher chance of, of, um, of three goals and West Ham with a slightly higher chance of zero goals there. But I expect West Ham to play kind of a conservative and pragmatic game to kind of ensure some points at home versus Brighton. They really need these points. They, they, they expected some points last week and they didn't get them. So I looked them to play on the counter and, and, and kind of break into the gaps left by the likes of, um, of Trossard and, and, and March on the other side. Um, and I think Brighton will attempt to trouble the struggling West Ham backline with their change in formations and runs from, from midfield. Yeah, I, I, I can see uh, a, 1-1 one, one draw here. That's where I'm sort of like sitting, something like that. I think both teams will score. Um, it's an interesting one uh, it, with respect to Brighton. I, I quite like the look, and I've, I've mentioned it this week, I quite like the look of Danny Welbeck, um, given his price point. 
uh, their fixtures are very good. And you know, if you look at their, you know, chances of two goals or more is, you know, is is what nearly nearly forty five percent on a forty four percent, something like that. So your your guys pick, you know, the net XG does pick Brighton's chances of getting some goals some goals out there. Um, mm. Going forwards, I probably like them a bit more. But you're right; you make a good point about West Ham's defence. It is a bit. It is a bit patchy at the moment. So, you know, given that Brighton are doing quite, you know, are, you know, are doing quite well at the moment, um, it could be, you know, maybe I'm just perhaps Brighton might just nick this. I've got a funny feeling. I'll stick with so the draw. The, stick with it. Yeah, it's, it is a likely draw. Teacher is asking. Um, so the three box three for that Brighton's playing. Um, that I'll, I'll get to. I'll have to get to that another time. That's that's it's going to be a bit of a longer conversation yeah. to go into Bright, Brighton's tactics. Maybe we can do that one together, Teach. Um, but then this is this is a good question regarding any particular weaknesses in West Ham's defense for the attacking Brighton is to exploit. The right half space looks frail against Trussard. Um. Yeah, I think that that right half space where you know um, was it Ben Johnson playing out of position and all of that. But I think also Cresswell on the on the other side has has looked pretty weak. So um, that's why that's why I think they're not going to kind of be exposed there. That I think they're going to stay nice and compact and 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 kind of just absorb Brighton's pressure and, and absorb the runs and try to hit him on the break. Um, that, that's just how I see that game going. Okay. Right, let's keep going. Just a bit mindful. I'm not really worried about time, to be honest, because we've got plenty, I think. Coming on to the two two very, very important games now. Um, starting with Newcastle against Manchester City, I my gut feeling tells me this is not as easy as people think. Uh, another caveat for captaincy. What does NetXG and your lens think about it? Well, yeah, I, th- I think you're referring to Newcastle at home, which have been re- yeah. really good defensively, right? Um, so New- Newcastle have suffered, um, have conceded three big chances, but they they haven't conceded a goal in any one of those three, which which I thought was interesting. I think uh, Pope has had something to say about about one or two of those. Uh, they also haven't scored any big chances. City, obviously, they're the opposite. They they've had six big chances. They've scored three of them, and they've conceded zero big chances. Um, so Newcastle with two big chances in two matches, scoring none of them, and City not conceding any big chances. Doesn't look good for Newcastle on that front. Um, from a shots perspective, uh, Newcastle have the second most shots on target with 10, which I thought was interesting. And they, But they have the second fewest shots in the box conceded. Um, at home, I think they'll be even better than, than the – they've conceded 12 shots in the box. So, um, And this is, this is a, a set that, I, that kind of blew me away. Man City's expected goals on target per shot on target. So every time they get a shot on target, their expected goal on target is 0.54. Uh, that's just that's just really clinical, you know. That's that's almost that's that's over a goal for every shot for every two shots on target. <laughs> if uh, if you get if you're getting you know like whatever six shots on target, that's three goals <laughs> at yeah. that at that clip, and that's that's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't know if they'll continue that clip away at um, away to Newcastle though. Um, expected goals, they have 0.62 expected goals on penalty, less than half the second best at 1.5. Um, that was, sorry, that's expected goals conceded non penalty. Uh, another uh, late addition last night. So they've only conceded 0.62 expected goals non penalty. <laughs> 
And that the... you, you really must spend more time on these. <laughs> I know you spend hours are, as it is. Man. Are you kidding me? I, I hope you're kidding right now. <laughs> I'm gonna move on. I know uh, you spend hours, bud. Yes. Um, so I mean tactics is i mean it's a tactical focus i invite you to come look at it i'm not going to spend too much time on it because it's kind of an obvious matchup uh net xg really likes man city for multiple goals here but it does like mate newcastle for maybe a goal at home um i don't think so not with the way city has come out this season yeah no it's an interesting one as i say uh, when it comes to captaincy you know the caveat is newcastle at home but the big chances and that you know the 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 fact and, and the chance you know you get a chance they're going to score uh, or a shot in the box, they're going to get one out of two of those, <laughs> or a shot on target, one out of two of those are going to go in. Um, that that changes my mind somewhat. So perhaps that, <laughs> that maybe tempers my concern somewhat. Mm. Um, yeah, again, this captain's is so damn tight this week. Oh, my. Um, so Sorry. whilst we're talking about captaincies and things, we may as well talk about a game which might not even go ahead. Give it if Manchester United fans have got anything yeah. to do by it. Just get a grip, guys. For God's sake, you could support Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Scunthorpe, even. No, no, they really got a problem if you follow Scunthorpe. So, look, um, look from my side, yeah, I, I I hope to God this doesn't kick off into violence and trouble and, and everything. I think we won't know till I know there's people questioning this already, you know, how what we're going to do. I think if, if it is off, Gabe, we'll all suffer. So, um, I'm not going to worry about it too much because uh, most of us have got three Liverpool, right? Yeah, let's, yeah we're all in the same boat. Let's go into this one then very quickly and then we'll start with the other bits. I think I think Grimsby would beat Manchester United uh, if they played this weekend. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. <laughs> Playing really well at the moment. Um, Manchester United <laughs> have been have been favouring their, their right side in terms of chances created with 13 on the right compared to five on the left and eight in the middle. Uh, they haven't scored any of their three big chances. Um, but Liverpool have conceded five big chances. So just kind of like I'm looking at the big uh, at the chances and I'm looking at Nat XG that likes a goal for Manchester United. I, th I think Manchester United might get their goal this this weekend and if this game goes on. Um, from a, So remember we had the, uh, the Manchester City are, are, are about 0 0.5 expected goals on target per shot on target. Here's the contrast. Here's Manchester United at 0 0.14 expected goals on target. So it's going to take them about eight shots on target to get a goal. Yeah, no. um, but they'll get one this week because I've got fucking Allison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. There's the right. swear. Teach. There you go. It didn't take it took me a while, nearly an hour, to get a real to get a real swear word out. Well, there you go. Because that has been a unmitigated disaster so far. So. Um, Yes, keep going. Yeah, so, please, the, 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 so you're predicting that there is no clean sheet for Liverpool. Thank you very much. Correct. Next. Right, okay, yep. carry on. So this stat was interesting because I think this stat is going to come show its uh, kind of peak in other metrics, and it's going to show up later in the show. Liverpool are 10th for shots on target, but uh, they're only 10th for shots on target, but they're first for shots in the box. So they have 25 shots in the box and only seven shots on target. That's not very good, like 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 we say, and and I think that's gonna be highlighted a little bit later on in the show. Um, then XG likes to go for United um, more thanks to the defensive frailties from Liverpool, not from the attacking potential from United, as we can see by the shots there. 
And uh, but it likes multiple goals for Liverpool here with an 18% chance of three goals and a 10% or almost 11% chance there of four or more goals. Okay, so what's that? 28 plus, I'm trying to read it again, plus 18, plus, 18 plus 46, 11, 57% chance of two or more. Oh my God. And yeah. then you look at the caveats of everything else. And these numbers are really, at the moment, I think we've got a bit of a... Uh, an issue with the numbers, with numbers and what might happen. And I think, I don't think we've been so divergent on some of the numbers compared to the thought processes of people right now. I think in mm. the past, you always find that numbers, you know, there's always going to be a divergence, but I think it's quite as, I think it's as wide as it's been for some time right now. We Bournemouth, mm. for example, Liverpool's stuttering around because they are stuttering, whether we like it or not, they're stuttering, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree there, there have been some unexpected results and, and, you know, Brentford scoring four in 35 minutes against United and like the, all of these things, like these are, they, these are skewing the stats. We just, when, when you have these kind of outliers, you just, it, it means you need that much more time, right. To, to normalize things. Yeah. I think the thing is, you see, again, you look back and you say, you try and look for some solace in previous numbers, but they're not there either for Liverpool. <laughs> numbers are just not there. They haven't been there for a while. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, since since like Christmas last yeah, year. Or something like, like Christmas that. last year. That's true. You That's know, true. Um, very strange one. It really messes with my mind. Um right, okay. Uh that's the end of the um the matchups for this week. Um, thank you, Gabe. Um, I do honestly. I, I, apparently, you were staring yeah. at me when I said you need to spend more. Time. I guess apparently I was. I, I didn't realize it myself. <laughs> Attention to detail, sir. Oh no, teacher will be telling you off. He tells us. He tells everybody off in the in uh, in Discord. By the way, <laughs> yes, he does. I know him. Someone might take offense. <laughs> I can't. I can't put attention to detail on any CV that I have. I do not have attention to detail. I'm more of a big picture kind of guy. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, and um, yeah. I mean, I think it would be really good if. Are you going to share the outcome of your predictions in in the Discord going forwards once we get moving? Because I think that'll be yes. useful as well. I'm, I'm tracking. So the predictions themselves are being tracked on Superbrew, um, or with some other modelers, and and I'll, I'll share them in, in Discord. Absolutely. We did well and this past think, weekend. Yeah. And let's, as we get the press conferences, let's um, see if we can uh, pop a couple of these little shorts out or something. It'd be quite nice. It, yeah. We don't have to do many. Just, just so see how they go. It's, it's a good time to announce this. What, what I'm going to, what we're going to try to do with these is once the pressers come out, um, I hope I'm around at that time, but uh, to, to just do like a one minute matchups and, and just kind of go over them again, go over the main points and go over what the pressers said and how, if that affects things. Yeah, I think it's great because I mean, the, the, the whole thing, isn't it? It's what we say about net that whole we don't spoon feed, you know, just because the numbers say this, you know, you're here because you, you must like numbers, and you must like maybe you like what we do, but you know, the point is, is that the numbers are the numbers, then you've got to put the context to it. And and I think that's yeah. that's key, and that's why I probably am struggling right now with a lot of my thought process for sure. Nice. Um, all right, let's us dive in now to the fixture difficulties. So we've done your <laughs> so, right. Hang on, just, right. Carry on. 
<laughs> they're gonna make means of, of us and uh content and and tuckle <laughs> yeah oh no absolutely we can have some fun with this you know we we love this sort of stuff don't we yeah uh righty ho uh let me put this back on the screen so now we're going to start looking at fixture difficulty for the matchups i've put james madison on the screen that's a surprise isn't it considering you've already called him out earlier in the in the and you know me He's another nemesis of mine. So for me to put mm -hmm. someone like James Madison on on a, on a slide, I've got to be quite interested in it, to be honest. Um, let's have a quick look at these numbers. Who has the best fixture difficulty based on my fixture difficulty? Not that shite from the official site. Um, <laughs> and, and yes, the difference. So the difference between attack and defence, the delta between attack and defence here, for Leicester is the best at 2.6. And as I said, we've had uh, fixed difficulty deltas of four this season, twice, and both times teams have scored four goals mm -hmm. so far. Um, 2.6 for Leicester against Southampton, the best matchup of the week. The second best matchup, Chelsea against Leeds, 2.3. Uh, then we look a bit further down to Liverpool against Manchester United, 1.8. Um, Brentford against Fulham. Brentford against Fulham, 1.7, interestingly enough. A little bit further down. So we're down to fifth before Manchester uh, City appear. Spurs a bit further back. Where are Arsenal? Where are Arsenal? Hmm. <laughs> They're facing the mighty Bournemouth. I am completely... I'm just so confused with this. I've looked at the numbers. I've torn them to bits. I've looked again. I've thrown the computer around the room a few times. Switched it on, switched it off, plugged it back in again. And it is still a neutral matchup. Arsenal's attack away from home for the data that this metric looks at has not been good. Now, there are tons of caveats, aren't there? We've said, you know, we, we haven't taken into account the fact that Bournemouth never considered a big chance, by the way. That's not in there. But what we have taken into account is Arsenal's attack historically away from home and Arsenal away from home historically have not been that good um even the even the palace game the numbers weren't brilliant so there we go um we haven't got a lot of data uh that is you know going to affect metrics all right between me and you so we know what's going to happen with that we know where it's going to struggle um i'm not saying uh, players like jesus are a bad pick I'm saying that the numbers don't necessarily like them. Mm -hmm. And that's only our numbers. And this is the whole point, isn't it? It's what data set you take gives you the numbers. You then put the context behind it, right? Uh, and we'll come on to the captaincy a, a little bit later. And you're right. Homeless guy, pre-Jesus Arsenal. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. But I can't just throw the previous... We've got to treat every team the same. The only way we can do it is to treat every team the same. Um, so yeah, I think we'll we'll have to look at that. Um, defensively, let's have a look at that. Spurs against Wolves, two point five. Okay, solid chance for clean sheet there this week if you can get the right one. If you can work out which one's going to start. <laughs> Still, <laughs> there's been some there's been some head scratching going on about that, haven't there? I mean, anyone who went with Sessignon at the start probably still has him. Probably wants to play him again, right? Um, but yeah. That's a that's a tougher that's a tough one. Um, City two point three fairly obvious. Palace 
against Villa. Not good for my Bailey pick, or not pig, hold, through gritted teeth hold. Um, mm. Everton against Forest, possible clean sheet. I think that's a fair, that, that you know, is uh, an interesting one. Patterson, right? 4.0. Anyone own him? Anyone own him? I think teacher I owns him. him. Hey? I think teacher I owns play, him. I'll, I'll probably play him. Yeah. I might play him. Hmm. There we go. Might even play him. Um, at home, Everton's fixture difficulty is pretty good, right? For defence. Um, Tarkovsky now. Cody. You went there. You went to Everton, didn't you? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's good. It's, uh, well, the numbers have been good for Everton at home defensively for some time. That's never really changed. I'm not saying they're a good team. I'm just saying the numbers in defence are actually not so bad at home. At home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, if I was weighing up the Neko, Williams and um, and Patterson, mm-hmm. not that I'd own them. I don't know many people would own them both. If you do, well... You must have a lot of money somewhere else. But, you know, if you did, I think that's quite a tough decision this week. You know, I actually think I'd go with Patterson over him. I think I would as well. Yeah. Um, Dread saying Perisic with a big warning sign in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the warning... No, no, that's a, that's a cap. That's a cap. Isn't it a cap? I thought it was a warning sign. Oh, my God. There we go. A cap? Captain? Is he drunk? <laughs> What's going He's on, trying... man? What time is it there? Have you been, have you been on the course? <laughs> he might not even play. <laughs> I don't think he'll start. I mean, look, if, he plays, start. It could be a good, if he plays, it could be a it could be a very very good shout. To be fair, but yeah, James Madison. I think the standout. Uh, there we go. Or Leicester, the standout pick. Now, of course, again, caveats: lack of big chances. This, that, and the other. I back them to put this right this week. That's my pick. At, I think that is the one for me that stands out. Gabe, where are you on all this? Um, anything I've missed? Anything you want to bring up? I, I think the the Chelsea attack needs to be talked about here because a lot of people are thinking about selling Chelsea assets like Mount. And I mean, I think, well, I mean, I guess it, dep- it depends where Mount plays. I don't know if Chelsea's playing with a late runner into the box at this point. Um, but you know, Leeds have been vulnerable in the past to late runners into the box. Um, but I think, I think Sterling is, is about to pop. I think he's, he's somebody to keep an eye on. He's a little bit difficult to get to at that price point. Um, but, but I think he's, he's a player that could get, get something against Leeds. Um, what else am I seeing here? Oh, uh, nailed Spurs defender, um, is the one that I have. Loris. So the, the goalkeeper, and he's been shit so far, but hopefully it gives me something well, this week. I, I don't disagree with you. It's, it's still probably an easier option than than others. But, yeah, I mean, interesting, right? Uh, let's let's see how that goes. Um, all right. Uh, look at that Aston Villa attack. Minus 1.9 against Crystal Palace. My God. What a nightmare. Anyway, right. I, I think Palace's attack against Aston Villa is quite low given given their um their matchups. Their their fit their fixtures, their first two fixtures. Yeah, it's historic, think, right? It's, yeah, it's historic. It's historic. Yeah. Um and I think you have to look at that. I, I know you've got this <clears throat> you've got this love of Palace. I don't quite know where it's coming from. I don't I don't know. It's a 
positive bias rather than negative one. Um, I like I like what they're I like what Vieira is doing tactically. <laughs> I like how he's developed players. It's true. I do have a, a positive bias. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got got the net xG predictions there, Gabe. We can just we can just keep moving through those. Okay, we've already got yep. those. Unless you want to just very quickly just touch on this as a summary. Um, no, I, I I don't think there's anything like we went over each individual matchup. So I think I think we can move move on. Just do okay. come back here if if you and this will be posted in Discord as well, and it'll be posted at net xG on Twitter. Yeah, it's a nice summary because it does cross check what we're what we're actually saying. So I mean, you know, you've got Liverpool top. Then you've got Arsenal and Arsenal and City. That's where NetXG and the fixture field diverge quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Is the Arsenal mm-hmm. is the Arsenal, for example? So there you go. There's another reason to question that Arsenal fixture difficulty, in my view. Um, so I think that's an important caveat which we need to which we need to take through. But the the, the two highest cl- uh, chances for clean sheets: Arsenal at sixty nine percent and Brentford at fifty five percent. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And we had uh, Brentford with a 1.7 fixed. Uh, no, Brentford with a 0.3, actually. So it doesn't see that either defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem with the, my fixed difficulty against the data from your side, I think, is as much as anything, um, the fact that, of you know, we, we, can, we don't, we're trying to predict what's going to happen on the base of previous, on the base of previous outcomes. And mm-hmm. I think when you look at that, it's quite difficult for these promoted teams, particularly. So obviously Fulham are in there. Okay, uh, let's go to the zonals. And this is where I think it then starts to get even more interesting for someone like Reese James this week. He has the standout matchup this week um, with respect to um, zonals. Chelsea's right, 5.3 chances expected not necessarily big chances but he's involved in an awful lot is reese james isn't he um city against newcastle city's right as well um well let's have a go let's move across the other way so let's now look at uh through the middle chelsea through the middle mason mount though did i see someone saying that still dying on on the mount hill well he might be all right this week is where I would probably come from there. Don't get rid of him just yet. I still think Chelsea's fixtures going forwards are pretty good. And if you look at this on the other side, you can see between game week four and seven, Chelsea is second for chances, expected chances through the middle at 19.3. So it's a, to me, if you've got him, I wouldn't move away from him. That's, that's mm. where I am right now. Uh, Liverpool against... Uh, Manchester United. Interestingly, here again, Gabe, we mentioned Salah. Look at those chances on the right. Only 4.2. Where were we last year? Five? Five and a half? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not even the best zone for Liverpool anymore. It's through the middle. I'm... Do you know what? I mean, there are more, the, you know, to, you, you, I'm starting to question him. I'm starting to question him. There we go. I've said it. So I'm starting to question Salah. I mean, when, when you're looking at the zonals like this, I think you have to recognize that uh, Trent is stepping into the half space and, you know, in, in like a front four, almost a lot of times, even a front five when Robbo gets in there, that is pushing Salah uh, wider at times. So that's, there's, there's definitely concern there. But by Trent stepping into that half space, that could be adding to the chances in the middle and therefore taking away from from like the chances created from the right hand side. Um, so I, I don't know if I if 
it's something to keep an eye on for sure and and just kind of weigh with the other stats that we're getting in at this time yeah i mean look again it's just caveats but i'm i'm, I'm looking at trends that all we can do with this sort of stuff is look at trends and what we're seeing is that those chances have dropped considerably now considerably mm-hmm. dropped and mm-hmm. just like you know I think I think yeah, I've, I've already used the term. I think I've used the term stuttering. I think I'm going to use the term misfire. I think missing chances. Um, yeah, I'm. It does concern me a bit. I, I still think he's yeah, he's absolutely essential. And, and you know, after all that, I might still captain him <laughs> because I'm that <laughs> frightened of him. But it would be a pick based on nothing more than gut right now. If I was to go for someone like Salah, we'll come on to captaincy in a minute. Um, Manchester City's left uh, 4.6. Uh, Brighton's left 4.3. Liverpool's left 4. Um, not much down that left side for some reason this week, strangely enough. Seems like everyone's attacking down the right. <laughs> 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 or all the matchups. Maybe don't play your left-sided players. No, I joke. Um, <laughs> in- interesting, though. Um, I-, I do like these numbers. Bear in mind, we are still using historic data. There is not... If you plug the data in right now, I think Leeds' left is ridiculous right now. I think they've had tons of chances down there. I think about eight yeah. chances a game down their left. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, you know, is that going to be, is, is Reese James going to temper that, right? Or is it going to stop Reese James from bombing forward? That's another thought. Is it, is it going to, is Leeds' strength down the left going to temper Reese James? What do you think to that? Leeds, Leeds can't stop Reese James. Would it hold him back, though, is what I'm saying? I don't think so. It's Jack Harrison bombing down that left hand side. He, he, he'll miss the target. He'll, <laughs> he'll hit an errant pass <laughs> i think they'll be all right and yeah i, I think reese james gets an attacking return here but like i said i do think Leeds score i don't think chelsea gets a clean sheet yeah okay all right so that's that so again come back to the zonals guys if you want to check the numbers out these numbers are posted in the discord very very early in the week as are all the other stats um so yeah um they've been there for people to chew over now for i think three days two days, three days now. So yeah, please do uh, consider becoming a, a member of the uh, of the channel and you'll get all that access and more. Um, Gabe, how many likes have we got? Uh, not enough. Not enough. 30, right, okay. 30, 31. 31. Uh, we got 48 people watching. Uh, uh, right. Okay. I think, I think well, it's I not, not enough swearing. I think that's the, all right, that's I'll, the problem. I'll, I'll try and correct that. I'm going to correct it right now. <laughs> What the fuck's this? <laughs> right, okay. So come on, Gabe. Please tell me why you are going for uh, Eze with a um, XG per 90 of 0.13. Okay, really? so far. It's... Because uh, this is not the... Uh... The statistical p- FPL pick of the week. This is, uh, okay. the... this is the heart pick. Right. But anyway, I'm going to put his numbers up as well. Pick. So there's his numbers, okay. right? There's our friend. So, all right. So we'll we'll toggle between the Don Juan 
and the numbers. Because I, I, okay, this really so... brings us to a question of someone like Leon Bailey, and uh, maybe it's too late to discuss it, but I think it's a good, it's a nice segue into this sort of discussion. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Don, Don, Don Juan FPL pick of the week is Eberechezi, uh midfielder, 5.5 million. Um, actually away to Villa, not home, right? No, 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 he is home, home, home to Villa, yes, sorry. Um, and the quote from the book, um, Don Juan, uh, is, learning is never what one expects. And I think I'll answer your stats question with that quote. Be like, well, we have all this data, he doesn't have good stats, and this, that, and the other, but learning is never, never what one expects. And, and, and the reason I, I picked that quote is because, so last year, Eze had a, had a bad injury, but he was still able to develop as a more complete player than he was last season, even, even despite his injury. And, and I think the good, good student gets rewarded at home this weekend. He's had two really tough matchups against Arsenal and Liverpool, and he's done different things. He's he been the link. No, 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 not Leicester. No, no, no. It was Liverpool. He played. Sorry, it was Liverpool. It's my, my yeah, bad. This is... <laughs> Um, well, I'm, I'm glad we both have a lack of attention to detail. <laughs> we're, we're in the same boat here, Mariner. I'm, I'm at that hall. And and what what I've seen from him is he's been able to both link play from the center of the field, and he'll he'll move almost like as a seesaw with with Saha. So Saha will come in. Well, he'll come inside, and and Eze will go out out to the left. Zaha will go out to the left, and Eze will come inside. And I think. Um, uh, Palace's finishing just has not been very good, and they've been this season yet in these tough fixtures. I think in the easier fixtures, Eze is going to have freedom to move further up the field, and I think he could be like kind of push into that false nine role and even swap as a striker, like in, in that kind of interplay with Zaha. So I think that starts this week, and we're going to see the real Palace will stand up this week, this weekend, and Eze will be in the middle of it. I, I mean, they've got. Come- so they've got obviously. Uh, I'm just trying to say where we are now. So they've got Villa at home. You're not going to play him against City away, eh? Probably play um, either Andreas or or uh, Neko Williams that yeah, week. Brentford at home, then Newcastle away. I think that's quite tough. Um, Manchester United at home, Brighton away, Chelsea at home, Leeds at home. Uh, do you well, know well, what? Well, wild carding by then. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm looking at it, and I was quite bullish on Crystal Palace in preseason. Not with the forwards, I must say, more towards the defense defending side of things. Um, Forwards-wise, I can never work out which one. <laughs> I had that Mateta issue last year, didn't I, of course? Um, uh, um, yeah, so from that side of it, I was more interested in defense. But I, I look at this, and, 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 and you know, uh, Ron Cupboard in the chat. This is a position to gamble with. I, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree at all. I just think that are we then, you know, uh, I think with a player like uh, Aronson or someone like that waiting in the wings, I think potentially to explode onto the scene in a couple of weeks, are we, you know, uh, are we just going to jump again? And these transfers are so precious, so precious. Do we want to waste transfers on that on that five million slot? Uh, personally, obviously, I've got a real big issue because I've only got one transfer this week, so I'm obviously more negative about this type of stuff than than anybody with two. That's clear. 
but yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Um, I think it Leon also, Bailey. It... I, sorry, I was going to say Leon Bailey. I mean, probably the ship sailed with him anyway because he's obviously dropped in price already. Um, but if you were to, you know, you've obviously made your move. But who else would you consider if you still? I mean, are you on the Josh Josh the Silver boat at four point at four point six now? Possibly going to be going to four point seven. Um, statistically, I hate it. Hate it. I don't mind that a bit. Um, I, one bit. Tactically, it doesn't make much sense to go there. He'll find himself on the bench soon enough as soon as Dunsgard gets in. The thing is, all of these like uh, picks around this area, have they have their warts, right? Aronson, it's not the right time. It's a bad matchup for him this this week. And and I need... and It depends like what you need it for, right? I have two free transfers. Um, and my the... I don't have many issues in my team. I have most of the template guys. Um, so, you know, some people are talking about, you know, am I like overthinking or over tinkering or, or anything like that? Well, I think this is a safe, a safe move to make um, playing that, that upside. If you have that free transfer, if I don't have it, then I'm not, I'm in no hurry to transfer him out or anything like that. Cause I think he's still, we saw against Liverpool that he does have the role and the qualities to still deliver in tougher matchups. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I don't think he's a, an absolute bench in a, in a tough matchup. No, no. It's interesting because, I mean, you get out of that price range and then you're into the grosses of this world. And then uh, Rodrigo has probably got a caveat that he might not be nailed long term, I think. So, yeah, I think at that price point, I've no... He probably is a decent shout. Um, I think if I was... it's But it's a punt. Um, I think if I was... If I'm honest with myself, if I was going to jump to another five million asset, I'd probably go for Dewsbury Hall. But I don't want to waste a transfer. <laughs> I just don't want to waste a transfer. So I'd sooner wait is my mm -hmm. is, is my position on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, all righty. So we are, oh, cracky, 125 in. So, right, let us have a... Uh, a second, I'm going to play the captaincy metric thing, and then we're going to have a look at the have a look at that. One second. And it gets even more complicated because the captaincy metric this week has picked out Jamie Vardy. And yes, all right. So again, what did I do? I, I then immediately started to question this bloody thing uh, and looked at it, Gabe. And this is this is the case for Jamie Vardy. And, and we've already talked about the case against Jamie Vardy, haven't we? So let's give the case for Jamie Vardy. Okay. Um, now, we're not going to spend too much time because not many of you own him. So we're going to concentrate on the discussion generally. But I'm going to go because he's the top of the metric, so we'll start there. Um, number one for fixed difficulty, ranked. Number one for expected points on Hub as well. Ah, now, has that got people's attention? It gets my attention because I, I quite trust it. Although, you know, probably because I agree with them quite a lot because it hates Southampton just as much as me. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but, you know, if you look at the data, fourth ranked for hauls, sixth ranked for returns, second ranked for matchups for Leicester Centre. Not many people own him. He's solid. You know, for the stuff that we look at for the captaincy metric this week, 
Wouldn't be at all surprised if he holds. Wouldn't be at all surprised if we don't get a Vardy party this week. It's probably due one, actually. Mm. Um, the next one down is Reese James. Reese James is above <laughs> some of the other players. Why? Well, you know, lower predicted points, but the matchups have been spotted in this metric. And remember, this is where it's changing somewhat. The metric's just got a little bit more influence now with respect to the matchups. And it really likes him. Um, that leads left again. Um, you're concerned about that. Um, the fact they don't keep a clean sheet. I think mm. I take that concern on board. Owning him for me is enough. Mm -hmm. But he is a damn good player to have in your team this week. Mm -hmm. You've got to have big balls if you're going to captain him, in my view. I think there are better captaincies out there. Then we go to the Spurs boys, Son and Kane. Um, only 5 and 4% mm. picked for captaincy, by the way, in the hub. Um, poll, which I'm starting to use now. So it won't have a great deal. So they don't frighten me that much, Gabe, this week. That's the one of the things I'm, I'm thinking here. Um, fixture difficulty perhaps picks up the old Wolves, Gabe. 3.1 still. So that's not too yeah. bad, right? So that's one reason why the matchups might not be um, might not see it. And of course, that 3.1's not too shabby. Um then we've got Madison. So there's the second Leicester option. Um, that is punt territory, captaincy. But I'll tell you what, 5% owned could be gold dust, mm. in my view. I quite like that. If somebody that, you know, we'll come on to that in a little bit. But you know how it works. Um, I'm looking for a player under 10%. So I think we might hear his name again in a few minutes. Now let's get to the conversation. Let's get to the conversation at hand. Salah, 62% owned. Expected 47% captained uh, um, out of the poll. So nearly one, nearly one in two players, are, FPL players, are going to captain Salah. EO of 109, conservative estimate 109. Um, is owning him enough? Maybe, but I think the, I think our EO understates it somewhat. I'd be interested to see what the real number is for Salah. But look at... Look at these numbers. Hall rank, 23rd now. 23rd ranked. Returns, 26th ranked. His, his, his hauls and returns are worse than many players in poorer teams now. Mm. His fixture difficulty is fourth. And his points are fourth. The matchup is only sixth. That used to be first. I'm really not sold on him, Gabe. I'm really mm. not. But do I expect him to blank? <laughs> no, I don't. Do I expect him to go mad? I don't know. Where are you on this? Because this is trying to, we're trying to combine everything in here to try and come to some consensus decision, right? Doesn't like mm -hmm. him. You can see why, right? It's, I mean, that, that, the lack of returns in halls and the, the the rank is so incredibly low. Yet he is he's still pretty high up there. So I mean, if I mean that's I don't know how how much weight do do we put on the the hall rank and the return rank when I mean those being so low, yet him still being was one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. 
despite being 23rd for Hall rank and 26th for re return rank, um, I think speaks quite highly of him. So that's that's the part that scares me. Um, yeah. I mean, but it, comment here. What's happened to the captaincy metric this year? The answer to that is nothing. What's happened is Mo Salah. Yeah. Because I can move this forward now, and I'm going to come back to this slide. There we go. There is last. There is the previous captaincy metric. Where is Salah? He's in four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteenth. Behind Foden, Welbeck, Bowen, De Bruyne, Cancelo, Kane, James, Son, Haaland, Madison, James, and Vardy. Oh, Jesus and Vardy. Welbeck right? is above Salah. Welbeck is above Salah. This and you know, and we're we're now going to say that this metric is wrong. It's not been wrong for eighty percent of the bloody season last year, and the year before that too, and the year before that too. So, are we saying that the metrics got it wrong? There is a massive, massive question about Salah right now with the numbers. Mm -hmm. Now, is it just a, is it just the fact, like someone said about Vardy, is it just the fact it's just a matter of time before he goes crazy? It could be. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sold on him at all. In fact, I'm not even sold on owning him right now. That's where I'm starting to get another couple of blanks, and I'm seriously starting to question it. Mm. You know, and you know, maybe Ducky's onto something. I don't know. Uh, Brave, maybe he's maybe he's trying to find a way to get to him. Who knows? We, we, we don't quite know what he's thinking. But He'll bring moment, him in on his wild card. At the moment, you know, you can see why he's not the highest owned player in the game, right? Um, Harland next. Okay, sixty percent owned, ten percent captained. All right, not going to kill us if we don't captain him. I don't think mm -hmm. uh, this week. Seventh for Halls, fifth for Returns. Matchups not liked on this case. So that's the Newcastle factor of up there, which is interesting. Um, prediction rank is seven, uh, so average seven, rank six. Um, yeah, okay. Um, not a bad captaincy shout. We can caveat New, uh, Newcastle as much as we want. Uh, we can caveat Manchester City as much as we want. Is Haaland a bad shout? No, he's not. Um, would I captain him? Mm, probably not. I think I, I might. I'm drawn to these two high EO players because that's the way I play the game. Because the next player down there is Jesus, 78 goddamn percent owned, Gabe. What the hell is going on? Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? 78 percent. It sounds like his headphones are packed in. Um, 30 percent captained. 108 roughly EO. You know, I think that could be low. But the fixture difficulty is not liked. And that's why if you looked at the fixture difficulty, if that you change that because of the weighting of the fixture difficulty, he'll jump up. Interestingly, though, what else isn't liked on this? Hub don't like his predicted points. 11th ranked. So the fixture difficulty got 11 and the hub. Hub, hub, hub uh, points is also 11th, but he's third for hauls and first for returns because he's only got a small amount of data. Another caveat 16th for matchups. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And then you have Raheem Sterling, another very close call for a differential captain this week, in my mm. opinion. Third for fixed difficulty, fifth for predictions. Obviously, halls are not there yet. 
probably a matter of time before he starts becoming a conversation point in my mind. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? I mean, I'm going to put the other metric up now, but before we just before we just nip across, anything you want to just make a point on this? Because we're obviously looking at it a different way. But when we add the next metric in, which I'll do now, actually, it's you know the the old metric still tells a similar story, right? Vardy second. Mm-hmm. Jesus first with less data, normally wouldn't be there, right? So that would have been a Vardy captain in last year's metric as well. Yeah, Jesus just uh, squeaks by him there, right? He does because he's got less data, right? Yeah. And obviously his returns, you know, he's only got two. He's, he's only played two games, right? Yeah. So obviously that's going to have a that's going to have a higher percentage. But saying that, he's got these returns, right? <laughs> you can't nobody can criticize the fact that he's changed Arsenal and he's on fire right now. Solid, mm. solid captaincy pick. Look at the metric number. If you remember the numbers from last year, look at that number. What that, that's like a double game week number. Yeah, it is. Loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That is three holes, four returns in the last four three occasions of holes four occasions of returns in the last six game weeks <laughs> yeah you know is he gonna all of a sudden is his, well, his leg might fall off but you know is it all of a sudden gonna get to a point where Vardy becomes a bad option and playing Southampton I think not I think he's no. very solid this league mm-hmm. yeah and there we go there's all the comments now is this the last season metric yes it is look at Salah I completely agree I I, I am getting to the point where I am lost for words, Gabe, and that is very rare. It's interesting because we, we're, our perception of Salah hasn't really changed yet, right? Not, not Certainly not in relation to what the numbers are doing. I, do you know what I did? I actually took the metric, and I was building the metric during last game week, and I put Salah down as expected two returns, and I put it in, and it propelled him quite a way up. Mm. He doesn't need many returns to start getting back into the conversation. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't need many blanks to disappear. And he's disappearing fast because other players are better options right now, given the data. But then it's Mo Salah, and we can't ever ignore that. This is as tough a captaincy decision as I have seen Probably for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many caveats. Lack of data for Jesus, Arsenal away, Newcastle at home for Haaland, Vardy without a shot on target, XG 0.00. Salah, misfiring Mo Salah. Um, oh my, you know, KDB's there or thereabouts, but not too high because it doesn't like the fixture difficulty. If you looked at Manchester City order, mm. you'd go with Haaland, then Cancelo, then KDB on this case. If you looked at the old metric, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very, very, very tight call this week. And it will be this is FPL variance at its very best, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> It's not looking good. Mm. 13 million player at the bottom of the captain metric. It is not. He's not at the bottom. It's just the bottom of the screenshot. 
I've left him on. You know, there's a lot more players there. Um, Gabe, that's the captaincy metric. Um, Should we just go to questions? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think we've covered it quite well, right? Do you know who you're captaining? Do I know who I'm captaining? It will be be between Salah and Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think I'm... I think I'm siding with Jesus at this minute. I think owning Salah might be enough. Jesus, given his given his EO, the fact he's 20, nearly twenty percent more owned more than Salah, I think it could. Although what you could find is that the mass, the hordes, just go for the hordes, just go for uh, mm. Salah. But you could equally find that maybe the hordes might just look at those four returns and recency bias leaps into the game and then they all go for they all go for Jesus. I I can't call it. It's hard to call, yeah. I can't call it. What spooks me a little bit is the 47% captaincy uh, the poll on on a hub mm. for Salah and I've seen other polls which are actually slightly higher. What's our poll say today on the in the chat? I did put it in. I'm not on YouTube. I'm just on the stream yet. I had it earlier. I, I, I shut it off as well. Oh, uh, did you? All right, don't worry. We can look later anyway. That's not a problem. Let's answer some questions then. So um, we've got uh, in the private chat, Gabe, um, questions from the haulers. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan with two N's. Cucciarella until wildcard, yay or nay, Gabe? I say nay. I say after yeah. wildcard, maybe. Look at it then. But right now, I say nay. Okay. Uh, you don't like the double up. I've considered I, it actually. I don't like the double up. Not not mm-hmm. right now. I don't think Chelsea keeps a clean sheet in two of the next three. Okay. Okay. Next one was Bailey replacement. So I think we've covered that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, I personally don't like the silver. That's my view. Um, Dewsbury Hall for me, if I was going to go for someone, perhaps with an immediate impact this week as well. That's another thing which I quite like. If if you, if I, if I went for Dewsbury Hall, I'd play him. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I'm playing this week. Um, would you buy Brentford, Brighton, or Newcastle? I, mean, I think it's a bit of a strange question here, mm. but I think this might be linked to the Bailey side of things. Um, Brentford would be De Silva. Brighton, who have we got there? So it was Gross, wasn't it? Solly March. Uh, Lalana. <laughs> God, we're scraping the barrel now, are we? I, I think Brentford could be could also be Wissa. I think uh, yeah. Brentford will go back. Should they should go back to the the four three three and Wissa plays on that left hand side in the four three three. Just keep reeling. And Brentford could be, or it could be, or it could right. be, or it could be, or it could be. If not, if me. it's just team, I, uh, Brentford for me. They're the most interesting of these. Tony or no one for me for Brentford. That's it. Tony. Tony's a great. Tony or no one. Such That's a good it. Pick. One player. Um, Newcastle midfield is not for me either. Um, FPL Craig, what are your thoughts on Mitrovic and Tony instead of a seven million midfielder till we wildcard? Talismanic is in his words and goal scoring threat appeals, especially Tony with very good upcoming fixtures. I did a short on um, replacements for Nunes. Silly boy, wasn't he? You can I'll let you have a little go about that in a second. I know you're <laughs> dying to. Um, I ranked them uh, Tony, Welbeck, then Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Come on, 30 seconds on Nunes. Don't you give me this I told you so, because you didn't know he was going to headbutt someone, and he started. I, so my, my, my thing with Nunes is he's not as good as everybody thinks he is. He he takes shots and headers off target, and it turns into a pen, and then the FPL community is screaming that he got an assist. 
It's not a fucking assist. And it was going off target anyway. It was a terrible header. It was going off target anyway. He scores a, this this one goal that they say, oh, it was, a, it was an incredible Cruyff goal. No, no, it came off the defender and then hit him and went in. So that, that wasn't <laughs> giving him credit for that anyway. He wasn't a starter in his team. People are ripping their teams up to bring him in, taking hits. Check out um, Sam on uh, from the FPL banger. Took hits to bring the guy in. Luckily, he started, so okay, not not bad call. But he's a kid, and he's an impetuous kid, and he's not as good as you think he is. So he got sent off. And uh, I'm not, I I'm not, I would good. never predict that. But serves no. you right for going in early. If I reckon be quite good for UFC. I, I, I'd be quite impressed with that. That'd be that'd be all right. <laughs> Maybe he's practicing his headers. Anderson owned him in that in that game. Joaquim Anderson, one of Palace's best players right now. Great, great no, center back. No. Really good. So anyway, you've really had good game against anyway, too. Do you agree with me, Tony? Yes, Tony, Tony. Mitrovic. Um, that order. Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, maybe Mitrovic above above Welbeck. I, I do like. Okay. I do no, like. Fair enough. I think Tony, I'm going on Tony's fixtures. a great, a great. For player. me, I'm going on fixtures, and also if you look back mm. at Welbeck's numbers at the back end of last season, were very, very good as well. Mm-hmm. He's just carried That's on. True. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Mitrovic, obviously, his numbers were great, but he was in the championship at sixty-six or seventy-three percent easier. Defense. Um, uh, and he missed a penalty, so I took a number off him, actually. That's what I've started doing, by the way. If you miss a penalty, the number comes off the metric. Mm. I take a return off. That's a, just just because I've just felt like it. It's my metric. <laughs> right. Rubber Ducky, um, in the middle of my night, commented, the consistency of KDB can't be ignored, surely. Well, we never ignored it last week, mate. Um he is not known for exploding, but he can. But he does consistently, especially at home and in a better side, making him better pick than Salah and cheaper. I hear you. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. I hear you. I am starting to get itchy fingers. I think we need to watch it for another couple of weeks. I don't dislike. I don't dislike the KDB move. I don't, I don't dislike the KDB pick. I think, you know, the issue is it's that flexibility of having two. If I was, if I was, I would only have one or the other, I think. I don't think I would have Salah and KDB because I'm, I'm a bit too concerned about what's going on up, up front with respect to probably Haaland more than I'm not so worried about Kane right now because his ownership isn't that high. Probably won't be all season. Um, well, that's the problem with KDB, right? Is, is that it locks you into the, because it, I think you want Holland, so it yeah. locks you into two premium city players, and and that's all all your eggs in one basket. What I I don't know. It, yeah, I think no, I have to saying a that. Bit. Saying that, look, where does City sit in the metrics, and where does City sit in the um, in you know in the fixed difficulty, right mm-hmm. at the top, as and yeah. rightly so. So you know, um, it's probably as nailed as it comes when it comes to City. Not like my Phil Foden pick, which I'm, I, I mean, I love it to bits. I mean, loved him to bits last week till he got substituted at half time. Mm. But yeah, uh, there we go. That's that one. So, okay. So, Craig, following on from Ducky's comments, if you didn't have Haaland, yep, that's me. <laughs> Not me, Craig. Um, would you favor getting him or KDB in? I have Sterling and Chelsea have good fixtures. I like that Sterling pick. My wife's actually picked Sterling as well, doing quite well. She's actually ahead of me in the in the you know, OR at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Won't last for long. But but switching to one of these seems the most predictable routes to points going forward. I think it's the safest route to points. Um, personally, I think is Haaland. And I think the safest shield sort of move. Um, no doubt Haaland will go mad 
in my opinion, every maybe every other week. Maybe as much as that. Let's see how it goes, Gabe. Where are you with this? Um, would you go? Would you pick Haaland over KDB? No, I think still Holland is the is, yeah. is the shout there for sure. Yeah. All right, no problem. Right, let's dive into the other questions then on the chats. We're not taking any Twitter questions this week because we want to take your questions on the sh- on the stream. Um, yeah. So and also the Discord questions. So if you want to get on the if you want to get a question, you need to come onto the show. Um, don't just don't DM me. Don't send messages because we ain't got time to answer it because we're trying to answer the haulers and we want to we want to spend time preparing the show for you guys. So remember, if you haven't hit like or subscribe, please do and hit the bell as well um, because we rely on you boys and girls. Gabe, let's have a look at some of these starred questions and comments. Mm-hmm. Um, let's meet. I'm going to whiz through these. A couple of comments here about Spurs. Feels like Richarlison completely changes Kane. What do you think to that? Do you think that's the case? Or is it it's too early to say, possibly? Way too early to say. I think he's going to have a, a multitude of roles for, for this team. One of them is to play in a front two. Uh, Kane could play as a 10 if, if he played in that front two. Another one is, is to press. So Richarlison is great as, at positional awareness, and he's, he's, his involvement in the, in the pressure from the front is really, really good. Yeah. So when, okay. when they need that, he'll, he'll, he'll come in. All right. Question from Kevin. Looking forward to catching up in the morning. Good morning, Kevin, when you're watching this. Uh, Presuming the United-Liverpool game goes ahead, is there a chance the protests or chaos affects the player's performance, i.e. Salah, such as captain? I think there's plenty of other things affecting his his performance (laughs) right now. Um, I don't think it makes a blind bit of difference. I don't either. Um, Personally, um, I'm not too worried about that. If it doesn't go ahead, then... Just have a good. If you're going to captain him, just make sure you put your vice on Jesus. <laughs> it's my is my advice. Yes. Um, Tony or Havertz? Very quick. Uh, Tony, even if Havertz was a million cheaper. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Righty ho. Let's have a quick look. So some more comments. I'm trying to just pick uh, the general comment here. And again, Gabe, I think this is just the, the way of where we are this season, this, this week from Steve, this week's captain's choice is tough. It's hard. Tough. None particularly stand out due to most playing away from home and tough defenses. I, I don't know about Bournemouth being a tough defense, uh, playing away from home for sure. We know said about Newcastle. It's, it, it is tough. It is it's tough. the first big differentiator of the season. This is it. This is some people are going to get cut. Yeah. Uh, Connor, I have Haaland and G- and Kane currently, so these numbers make me question if I can go another week without Jesus. Um, I, I, I don't think you. Uh, well, I don't know. Could I maybe wait another week? You could always wait, but you know he's gonna hurt you, right? I mean, it's 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 the things that you can do with the money, like um, Kane and, and and I don't know, and Josh De Silva or, or Andreas Pereira to uh jesus and like mason mount or i'm not i don't I'm not working the numbers but like it's the the delta is yeah i know quite what you're saying the, the principle is you can move the money around somewhere can't you yeah. you know maybe you know you could get to reese james who i think probably one of the best picks of the entire game week if you don't have him you know that's yeah. another player i think i'd be behind the sofa this week quite mm-hmm. frankly um so yeah i think that's a i think this the, the the ones to hide behind the sofa for this week i think are, are jesus and probably someone like reese james for me mm-hmm. The, those two really stand out. Sofa. Well, I might have a sofa spot. 
with player popping his head over the back of a sofa. <laughs> Might do that in future. I don't know. I quite like that idea. Yasnik, uh, is it worth to take a minus four for Robbo and Bailey to Duncan Diaz? Right. So this is an interesting one. Moving mm. money out of Liverpool defence and putting it into Liverpool attack. I like I like the idea. I think I'd have to see the rest of the team, see if he's. I mean, it sounds like he is taking care of the issues, though. Like, like Bailey's an issue, and if he wants to reinvest in that way, I, th I think it's worth it. I think if, if he were on yeah. wild card, he, he would he would definitely do it. So, I think it's worth it. Or keep Robbo and upgrade Bailey to Gross. That's the other part of it. Mm, that's tough because you're the previous one. You're taking a hit. And that's yeah. not good. Here, you're, this is without the hit. So I would probably do this and then do the redistribution of funds with your wild card. The only thing I would say, I mean, look, I've looked at the predictions for clean sheets and three out of the next four, Liverpool have got over a 50% chance of a clean sheet. Mm -hmm. I'm sat with Alisson, who, quite frankly, I would love to downgrade to someone like Sanchez next week. And that would then propel money into uh, the spare money that I've got. Okay, I would then probably just do a straightforward swap from probably someone like Foden to Diaz. Or I could even go Alisson to Edison, Foden to Diaz is another, even considered that. Hmm. So, you know what I mean? It's a it's a tough one. You can just bet your bottom bloody dollar what's going to happen. The moment I move off Liverpool, defence double, they'll start keeping clean sheets. It's yeah. just written in the stars, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber ducky, surely Jesus is the captain for game week three. Well, he could well be, mate. Mm. Uh, people cannot see. Would you get Perisic from Abdul Rahman, Gabe? No. No. Not yet. Not yet. Is Xhaka the fourth best Arsenal asset from FPL <laughs> Pharmacist? Well, what's the point? Who cares? No, uh, <laughs> no he's not. <laughs> I'm not bothered anyway because I've only got three. I can only have three. And I mean, look, I. The, the three Arsenal assets. Give me a priority for your three Arsenal assets right now, Gabe. One, two, three. Off the bat. Jesus. No, Martinelli, Jesus. Zinchenko. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I think Saliba, I think, might be in, in danger. He's 4.4. He might not be long-term. I, I, yeah, I, I would probably go Jesus, Martinelli. I'd go the other way around. Mm. Uh, and then it's very, very close. <laughs> I reckon there's three players you could consider perhaps before Xhaka, if you may. Uh, Ramsdale. Yep. Gabriel. Yep. And Saliba. And Zinchenko. No, and Zinchenko. Sorry, Zinchenko. And Saliba. And Saliba. That's four more. <laughs> so Xhaka might be the eighth. Eighth yeah. best Arsenal asset. And, and he is a walking red card. Yep. Isn't he? In my view, anyway, he's, he's, he's prone to a bit of uh, is pr is prone to some lunacy, right? Oh, righty ho. Uh, what else have we got, Gabe? Anything else? Can you see anything else flying around? I think that's all of them. Let me check the live chat. See if any new ones have come in while we've been dealing with those. Okay. Yeah, we do have a few new ones. I'm just starting. Let's be quick. We want to be out of here by two hours. So there's one. There's two. You see them in the stars. Uh, hang on a second. Start. Raddy Ho. Uh, bench Wilson or De Silva? <clears throat> bench De Silva. Play Wilson. Yeah. You never know, do you? He's at home, yeah. right? He always yeah. gets something. 
Robbo to James still has TAA. Yes. Hmm. Saves a bit of money. Frees um, up some funds. Yep. It does. Yeah. The only thing I would say is they've got Bournemouth the week after, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it feels a. It, it, it's one of those where you'll this week you're going. Yeah, I don't like. I'm not so keen on this. Uh, I'm going to go for James next week. You're going to look at it and go, "Oh, I might go to Robbo." <laughs> well, I, I, I think the assumption is that with the money that that frees up, then yeah, you, you get Diaz or someone else in, in midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah you get an attacker against Bournemouth. Yeah, definitely for sure, for sure. All right. Uh, unless there's anything else, I think we'll get out of here. Um, uh, I, we have one, two more. I put in there. Do you see them? Two more. Here, I got it right here. There we go. If I have from Sea Hunt, if I have a premium with Salah, Holland, Kane, do I hold for one more week or transfer one up for Jesus? I say sell for Jesus. Yeah, I think I'd personally go to Jesus from Kane. That's me. Me too. Me too. Good. Jones bloke, Robo to James, still have TAA. Just answer this. Yep, looks good. Robbo to James. We've just done that one. Yeah, we've yep. just done that one, right? So, um, that one. Bench two out. Neko, Wilson, or da, or da Silva. Bench Da Silva. I think I think Da Silva will be benched anyway. So, um, that's tough. Bench two out of Neko, Wilson, or Da Silva. Basically, yeah. play um, one of these. Which one you're going to play? Play one. God, Wilson. That's tough, Wilson. I guess I'll say Wilson. Wilson. That's hard, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I could oppose all of it. I could, I could oppose them all. I, I don't, it's just one spot, thankfully. Um, have a look. Plug it into one of the uh, prediction programs if you don't trust us. <laughs> That's <laughs> often what I do. <laughs> I don't trust myself. <laughs> right. Okay. I think that'll do us, Gabe. Uh, Bailey to Dewsbury Hall. One week punt. Why are you wild card yeah, afterwards? Yeah, do it. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Good fixture. Sure. Do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, right. All right. So, Gabe, let's uh, just oh, hang on a minute. What am I doing? Uh, get to hide the current comments. That'll do. Um, let's get out of here. Um, thank you very much, as always. Always a pleasure to, to see you. And uh, hopefully, you're not going to beat the living daylights out of me afterwards when I told you to spend more time I, on your matchups. I'm going to go get to work. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to work on, on next week's starting now. <laughs> I, I do that. The moment the show finishes, I actually prepare for the following week. <laughs> Me too. I was going to go away for the weekend, but I'm not going to go away anymore. Um, I canceled no, all my plans. No, on, I'm joking. Yeah, Get to LA or wherever you're going. Um, guys, anyway, uh, as always, we are Net That Hall. It's an absolute pleasure to be here as always. Um, do catch out the catch all the content on, from all the things. We mentioned it right at the start of the show. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, all the shorts that we're putting out. Give us some feedback. Hope you like this. Hope you like the other VODs. And yes, what else can we say? Um, get on, you know, I've got a baby in the room now for crying out loud. <laughs> there's, a, there's an arm appearing. What are you waiting for, everybody? Uh, best of luck for next week, Gabe. Cheers. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. Let me just try and, oh, my God, here we go. I'm getting confused now. This is always it's the typical, awkward goodbye. Bye. Oh, it's all right. No problem. Right. <laughs> See you, everybody. Bye-bye. Take two. Bye-bye. <laughs>